It's the show the establishment warned you about. And welcome back to the Dr. Tommy Show, broadcasting from the free state of Florida. I am your host, Dr. Tommy, and we are glad you're here today. Uh, we're broadcasting from free state, like I said, and uh, big news out here in the free state and all over the country, I guess, is that uh, it looks like Twitter may be losing its status as the organ of opposition to the uh, conservative movement, a.k.a. Uh, the uh, the uh, people who are not liberal because uh, Twitter is it going to be apparently bought. It, it appears to be by uh, Elon Musk, as we've been told over the last week or so that Elon Musk wants to buy Twitter and he's offered to buy Twitter and kind of a half joking uh, gesture. He offered to buy it at 5420. And uh, at that time, the stock was uh, trading well below that. But now it's getting closer to 5420. Uh, this is from earlier today from Newsweek. It said it was $51 in pre-market trading uh, right now. I'm not sure what it is, but I can check. Um, this is uh, something interesting for those of you out there on social media, or so those of you like myself who used to be on Twitter. I am no longer on Twitter, and I don't know if I will ever go back on Twitter because it's kind of like one of those things where you're, you're kind of over it. Uh, we'll say that Twitter um, is probably going to be the end of uh, potentially the end of Truth Social as Truth Social is just trying to get off the ground, which is Donald Trump's uh, social media platform. But um, anyway, so Twitter is going to be apparently bought potentially by uh, Elon Musk, who is a quote unquote, per his own description, free speech absolutist, which uh, will be interesting because Twitter is a way that you can use um, the 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 uh, communication uh, universe basically to bludgeon your opponent if you're if you're uh, liberal and uh, you can basically use Twitter to manufacture a uh, a new kind of paradigm where everything that you say is reality and that is what's reported uh, as reality even though it may not be so they'll say uh, Twitter is responding to this Twitter is responding to that and you're led to believe that this is all over the country that people are up in arms over something like for instance I'm not on Twitter like I said but I imagine whenever the uh, uh, latest uh, bill was going through the parental parental uh, rights bill quote unquote don't say gay bill according to the media uh, through Florida I bet you Twitter was overwhelmingly uh in favor of uh, not i mean sorry not in favor of the uh passage of that bill and then if you look at twitter you'll think that well maybe that's the whole country but it's not really it's just a very very uh small minority that is very uh amplified it may be not a very small minority but i think it's a minority that's really very much amplified and so anyway that's interesting we'll see what happens over the course of the day Back to the truth social, though. This is uh, from uh, Just the News. It says, Devin Nunes says, he's the CEO of Truth Social. Devin Nunes was a California congressman who resigned or retired early so he could become the uh, CEO of the Trump Media and Technology Group. But anyway, Truth Social, it says, is, Truth Social has cleared account backlog after switching to Rumble Cloud. So Rumble, as you're aware, is the YouTube, um, YouTube uh, alternative. And we're on Rumble, too. So if you want to check us out, we're on Rumble. Uh, but anyway, uh, it says that the Trump Media and Technology Group CEO Devin Nunes on Friday confirmed to just the news that True Social has cleared the backlog of accounts waiting to use the platform and is now open to millions of u- users. Uh, I tried to use True Social 
when I finally got on it and I found that it wasn't as good as Getter, which I'm also on. Uh, one of the things that I found is that I think it's kind of hokey. I'm, I mean, no disrespect, but when you when you post something on Truth Social, instead of saying post or tweet, or tweet is tweet is equally stupid in my mind to say tweet. But anyway, when you when you post on Truth Social and you post, you hit the go button or whatever. It says truth, and then it says your truth has been truthed or something like that. And I just it's kind of hokey. But anyway, we'll see. I've heard and I've seen on the news reports though that the uh, the uh, there's a technology stock out there associated with Donald Trump's Truth Social that is apparently taking a beating now that there's talks of Twitter coming out from um, under the iron fist of the left wing. Um, that is something to be interested in, though, because uh, it is like I said, that's a place where people can seek refuge. And, and know that they're going to be amongst friends and be able to say anything they want, really, as long as it's against conservatives. Um, and then if you're on the left, you can go on, on Twitter and you'll have, you know, you'll have followers. You'll see people on Twitter, blue check people who are um, you never heard of. them. Nobody's ever heard of them, but they're they have blue checks. They're verified because there they're are people who are uh, have the right uh, political leanings and to say the right things. It's funny because back in the day, whenever uh, the election was happening, Rush Limbaugh got on Twitter and he wanted to do it. He never wanted to be on Twitter, but he wanted to do it as a effort to try to get out the vote for Trump. And he was on Twitter for a short period of time in 2020. And uh, he had millions and millions of followers almost overnight, but he never got a blue check. So it's a very, very political uh, social media, uh, as, as political as Facebook or more. And um, I think it's going to be interesting to see. I see a lot of people posted on, on Getter. It said, um, you know, it, if if you uh, if you're a liberal and you're upset with the Twitter being bought by Elon Musk, you just go build your own Twitter because that's what they used to say. Twitter people would say, "Oh, just you conservatives don't like it. You don't like being banned. Just go build your own." So they did. They built Getter and they built True Social. But now that their Twitter is going to be taken away from them potentially, now they're upset. This is something that's, I am not shocked at all about this. This is from Just the News, too. It says, an audio recording, McCarthy, this means uh, Kevin McCarthy, the House Republican minority leader, in audio recording, recording, McCarthy seems to say he planned to urge Trump to resign after the dying claim. And so basically what happened was this, they have these text messages or these messages between uh, McCarthy and Liz Cheney, who is the... Uh, Oh, was she the Republican? I guess she's the uh, she's the Mitt Romney of the Congress, uh, Mitt Romney of the House of Representatives. You know, she's the uh, she's the maverick who's who's there to oppose Republicans and and therefore be praised by the uh, the drive by media until she's no longer necessary. Then she'll just be discarded like every other uh, Republican like her before. But anyway, so he was talking back and forth with Liz Cheney about uh, trying to get Trump to resign. And it says, an audio recording made public Thursday night, House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy seems to say he planned to urge former president to resign following the January 6th Capitol riot after denying he had said just hours after denying such just hours before. And uh, I don't know. This is something that is not entirely surprising to me, because, like I said, uh, Kevin McCarthy, he's part of the group that came in. They call them the young guns back in the day. It was uh, Kevin McCarthy. Eric Cantor and uh, Paul Ryan. Paul, and they were all. I think they were like one of them was Whip, 
one of them was a speaker or maybe a majority leader and then something else or a minority leader at that point. And anyway, these guys were the young guns. I think Cantor was the whip and Cantor was the first one to go down. He actually lost his primary and uh, was not reelected. And then we know what happened to Paul Ryan. He became a speaker of the house, most ineffective speaker of the house, probably Republican I've known, that I know of. And then, um, then now we have McCarthy who's kind of inherited it and, and but he's part of that old guard and uh, he'll talk a good talk. You'll hear him on the, the talk shows. You'll hear him on Levin. You'll hear him on Hannity. And maybe he's changed his tune now. But this is, does not surprise me at all that he wanted to urge Trump to resign. It's very reactionary. Uh, you know, it's funny. It's when I heard this, the January 6th riot, you know, insurrection, I, never once did it occur to me. And granted, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a Republican. I'm a Trump supporter. It never occurred to me that Trump was the cause of this. It seemed uh, ludicrous, actually, to think that uh, Trump would try to get some people to overthrow uh, the the government, so to speak, without any weapons, without any anything except I don't know. It just seems stupid. I do I do think he wanted to have a peaceful march, exactly what he said, and a show. And you know, most of the time when we have peaceful marches or not peaceful marches, you know, when we're having uh, cities burned down and, and police precincts burned down, we're told this is just this is this, this is good. This is good for democracy. This is how democracy works, and we should we should be glad that we have this. And uh, and you know, this is a mostly peaceful protest while there's flames going on in the background. It's mostly peaceful. It's very nice. Uh, people are looting stores and people are dying. People are being shot, but it's it's very good because this is this is important for us to be able to talk about our political differences and and express ourselves politically. Blah blah blah. But then January six comes and oh, now it's, it's the most terrible thing ever. This is insurrection and these people are, you know, there's people locked up now that haven't haven't had a day in court yet. It's it's like the third banana republican banana republic in these third world countries. But um, you know, the January 6th thing, really, if, if, if you weren't already sure that the media is uh, slanted, biased, whatever you want to say, picking sides, then this whole past year can tell you for sure. You know, you compare one January 6th riot, quote unquote, insurrection to all of the summer of love, they called it for 2020, when there was record billions of dollars of insurance. Uh, claims filed. It's it's really uh, something else. Uh, let's see. Well, this is something that's uh, fortunate. Uh, from from WFLA Local News. It says, uh, two people electrocuted while trying dangerous TikTok art trend. A Wisconsin couple was electrocuted while preparing to film a video of a dangerous art technique known as fractal wood burning, which is popular on TikTok. The method involves using a current electrical current to burn a design onto a piece of wood that has been soaked in a chemical. That just sounds like a bad idea. It says firefighters found the bodies of the 44-year-old Tanya Rodriguez and 52-year-old James Corolfi in the remains of a house on January 6th in their Marathon County home. They ruled that the couple died before the fire started and ruled that their death their death in the fire was accidental. Uh, I don't know how they died before that. Maybe they got electrocuted. And this is from the uh, Marathon County Chief Deputy, Chad Billib. He says, it's a very dangerous process when you take a microwave apart and you remove the power supply from the microwave oven and you run it through jumper cables, through nails that are in a board. So you can see the potential danger that's when you're working with a power supply of a microwave. Sorry to laugh, but potential danger is an understatement. So if you're on TikTok, don't do the uh, don't do that challenge. 
Oh, what else here we got? Florida. This is interesting. This is free state of Florida. This is uh, this gentleman is uh, the Santa Rosa Sheriff Bob Johnson, and he is vying for the. Uh, I guess he's going for the Grady Judd Award for quote of the year from a Florida sheriff. And it says Florida sheriff. This is from Just the News. Florida sheriff says homeowners quote more than welcome to shoot intruders. The Florida sheriff is encouraging residents to take gun safety classes and declared that they are more than welcome to shoot intruders. Uh, so it says Santa Rosa County Sheriff made his pro-gun, pro-stand-your-ground comments last week after Brandon J. Harris allegedly broke into several homes in Pace, Florida. It says that Harris was first arrested when he was 13, then he's been arrested 17 times. Uh, this guy, I saw a picture of him, and he looks like someone who would probably break into your home. It says... Um, I guess there was a homeowner that shot somebody or shot at him, but they missed him. So he continued to run and, but they haven't found the homeowner yet. Cause I, then they heard that the homeowner may be, uh, not wanting to say who they were because they thought they would face charges. And so the, the sheriff says, I guess they think they did something wrong, which they did not. Johnson speculated as to why the homeowners not come forward. If someone's breaking into your house, you're more than welcome to shoot them in Santa Rosa County. We prefer that you do, actually. So whoever this is, you're not in trouble. Come see us. We have gun safety classes that we have on every other Saturday. If you take that, you'll shoot a lot better, and hopefully you'll save the taxpayers money. There you go. Don't break into homes. You may get shot in, in Santa Rosa County. Now, there's there's a. I remember there was, during the Summer of Love, there was... Maybe it wasn't during the summer love. Maybe it was just some break-ins. But there was a, a liberal person who said that if there's someone who broke into this home, that he would not shoot him. That was first of all, he would not shoot him because he doesn't own a gun, wouldn't know how to use a gun, doesn't own a gun, would never shoot somebody, even if they're breaking in their home. And uh, he said that what he would do was if he, someone broke into his home, he would not shoot him. And what he would do is he would sit down with them and try to figure out what's going on in their life that would uh, make them decide to come in there and, and resort to this type of thing. And maybe he can help them figure it out. And that's a very big hearted person. So Brandon Harris should go find that guy next time. And then if, once he gets out, if he gets out, uh, this is more uh, disturbing news. This is from WFLA again. It says climate activist dies after setting himself on fire at a Supreme Court plaza. A Colorado man who set himself on fire in front of the United States Supreme Court has died. The U.S. Capitol Police and Metropolitan Police Department responded to the incident on Friday around 6.30 p.m. at the Supreme Court plaza. Why authority and the guy's name is was named Wynn Bruce. He was airlifted to the hospital and pronounced dead. It says while authorities have not said why Bruce set himself on fire, his friend Dr. K. Kitry wrote that on Twitter. He was protesting the lack of action on climate change. She said that he had been planning to act for at least a year. And I saw this. He did actually post this thing. In one Facebook post last year, Bruce shared a fire emoji with the date of his death, 4-22-22. And uh, he had been, he had been uh, thinking about doing this apparently for a long time. And it says Bruce's social media pages were filled with posts about climate activism and Buddhism. I don't know how those two go together with emoliation, but there you go. Uh, very, uh, very sad when people find that there's, there's no, uh, there's no way out except to take their life. Um, but she said that this is not suicide. This is a deeply fierce act of compassion to bring attention to climate crisis. So that's the thing is how much of this is related to the, uh, media. If this gentleman, when Bruce 
I don't know. I don't know anything about him except for what I just read. But if he was not a consumer of um, media, if he was not constantly um, bludgeoned either through social media and regular media about dangers of climate change, how we're all going to die, you know, all the usual things about, you know, if we don't act now, then, you know, the children are going to, that are alive today are just going to live in a terrible uh, post-apocalyptic world and this, that, and the other. If he wasn't object, subjected to all that stuff, would he still be alive today? And particularly social media. Social media basically can be a uh, very devastating thing for people's mental health. Uh, last last week we talked about this. This is the Ukraine war, quote unquote. Actually, it's the was it Russia special military operation? It's called anyway. The Ukraine war. Uh, this is from Axios. It says U.S. believes Ukraine can win the war with the right equipment. Uh, big picture. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said that after meeting with Ukrainian President Zelensky in the capitals, country's capital, that Ukraine could win the war against Russia if, quote, they had the right equipment, the right support. Pledging the U.S. would do, quote, everything that we can to help. Uh, it says the pledge came as American officials told reporters Blinken and Austin promised Zelensky over $300 million in foreign military financing and $165 million sale of ammunition has been approved. My question is this. I'm not opposed to a, I'm not opposed to uh, taking sides in a war, you know. Uh, hopefully, uh, we wouldn't have to. Um, but what when you go into war, like like I said before, you have to believe that you're going into war with the option that loss is not an option. Basically, until you can do that, you really shouldn't go to war. And um, I don't know what our end goal is in Russia, Ukraine. I do know that if it continues like this, with this trickle of money, trickle of money, we're looking at another Afghanistan. Because um, you have to think that the Afghanistan uh, money that dried up whenever we stopped uh, the war in Afghanistan and stopped the wars in Iraq, that, that those uh, defense contractors out there uh, are eager to have their arms shipped to Ukraine. And unless there is a decisive end to this war, quote unquote, I don't know that this will be a quick process. And so if we're going to just slowly just 300 million here, 300 million there, and before you know it, this has been five years and it's been a trillion dollars and it's been more than a trillion dollars, we're looking at another possible quagmire. And that's not even cons- taken into account that they are maybe. Um, United States troops involved at some point. So what we're really seeing though is a failure of the um the the leaders of the United States and the leaders of the United Nations to make this a diplomatic end. Uh I don't know if anybody's I don't know if anybody has a diplomatic answer for this as far as in the in our in our Biden in the Biden administration. I haven't heard anybody say anything about it. I haven't heard anybody say anything about you know, Biden's going to try to have a peace conference with these two, or he's going to take some type of leadership role in, in trying to bring these two sides together. Nothing. Uh, not even, not even any of the people that are associated with Biden. Um, uh, Zelensky, I'm sorry, not Zelensky, uh, uh, secretary of state Blinken, and also the, the defense secretary, all the defense secretary wouldn't be involved with that necessarily. But uh, Blinken, has not, uh, there's nothing that we're doing that is trying to lead to peace. 
or trying to lead to a resolution or trying to lead to the stoppage of this war. But what we're seeing is just this kind of slow motion movement with money, money, money being burned up and then more and more commitments being made from our side to Ukraine with an unclear ending in sight. And that is a recipe for disaster. This is uh, from the just the news. It says Philadelphia lift its mask COVID mask uh, mandate days after reinstating it. The mandate went into effect Monday after the city ended it March 2nd. Philadelphia has ended its COVID-19 mask mandate just days after reinstating it, admitting reported increase in case numbers. So they so there was a increase in case numbers. So they reinstated the mask mandate. They had ended it on March 2nd, so they just reinstated it Monday. This was last Monday, and now they have ended it. So it says the decision to end the requirement was made Thursday night by a vote from the city's Board of Health, citing decreasing hospitalizations and leveling of case counts. So in the period of three days, uh, it was gone. Uh, No, it wasn't three days. It was more than three days. It was a month. Okay, I'm sorry about that. It's a month. But either way, it's been uh, less than a month. And then, uh, then they already have stopped it. This is a little bit of what you see with public health and why people have a um, distrust, I guess, of public health. And especially when you have this type of back and forth of uh, what is going to help us stay clear from COVID. And if, if it was going to help us on March 2nd, what has happened in the last uh, month? That has made it to where they don't uh, they don't think it's necessary anymore. Well, that's all for today. If you're interested in learning more about our practice, go to drtommy.com and then you can click on the uh, uh, health uh, concierge medicine membership tab. And then, if you're interested in more of the podcast, go to the podcast page. And we're eager to have you uh, join us next time for more uh, entertainment and enlightenment. Until next time, bye bye.